train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added. Greetings, faithful listeners. This is Reverend Tashi. Welcome to part six of the Let's Be Real series, where we explore concerns affecting our young people. Thank you for downloading from Rev TC Views. Your support of this podcast is highly, highly appreciated. With me today, or at least maybe I should say back with me today, are Mrs. Vivette Bailey, mother of two grown daughters who are both married, and so she is also the mother of two grandsons. Mr. Lincoln Brown, father of two young adults who are 24 and 26, and Mr. Andrew Brown, father of two twins, not two twins, but two who are twins, and they're both 16 years old. And joining us for the first time is Mrs. Novlet Barnes, mother of five, and she has spanned the entire spectrum. She has one adult child, two teenagers, and two toddlers. So the discussion continues as we listen to hear from our parents. Welcome parents and welcome Mrs. Barnes. It's good to have you to be part of this part six of our discussion. And in part five, we had a very interesting discussion, very riveting, very nice discussion as we spoke about some of the challenges and the questions that our teens were asking. And from that discussion, we would have garnered so things like approval that our teenagers are looking for approval they're also concerned about family being part of a family they're concerned about their future how will my education be funded what's gonna happen next and so on and they're also concerned about when about permission when can we stop asking for permission because they're growing up and they are seeing themselves as adults and so they want to be able to be independent and to be able to say, I am going to do this and, and I don't have to ask you about that. But another thing that was important before we get right into the conversation again, as we continue, was that our parents would have said it is important to clearly communicate values, clearly communicate values of the home values of the parents to the children so that they can live by those things and i want to say to parents who are listening that uh, if you i want to well let me put it another way i want to challenge parents to think for themselves and to assess and uh, by asking yourself this question are my children fully aware of my thinking on matters like church and god dating, premarital sex, all of those kinds of issues that we see our young people having to grapple with now. Are my children clear? If someone were to ask my child, 
what would your mom say about this or what would your dad say? Can they clearly articulate that? If you are not comfortable in answering that, then maybe you should be asking your own child those questions or begin to open up the discussion around these matters with your children so that they so, so there must be clearly communicated values and not just talking about the values but living the the, the uh, being living examples of of these values we also spoke about the fact that god in their lives that's very important hence the emphasis on attending church having a relationship with god and doing those things so it was a very vibrant discussion and now we're back to continue because there are some other areas that we want to touch and the first question that we will begin with what were the different ways in which you disciplined your teenager and which method did you find to be most effective now we have two parents here who currently have teenagers so you would be answering the question what are some of the ways but then for other parents who have grown children now you're speaking in the past tense <laughs> so to speak so who is going to mrs barnes would you like to take that one since you are new <laughs> all right so um i i'm going to use two instances one my older son when he um was a teen and i remember when i had the most challenge with him is around about age 14 friends it's all about what the friends do and he wants to do the same so peer pressure became very evident at that point and so i would i started out hitting and so if he disobeyed for instance you you'd have to pick up his younger sister from school and stay next door until i reach home and sometime him him pick her up but him gone about film business with film friend and so sometimes I started with the hitting and uh, I believe it's uh, it's through a powerful process when it how we how we will respond after the beating I started to pray and have asked the Lord to teach me how to deal with him at this moment and so I started to to what you call that one discipline where I take away or say okay you see if you do what I say this is what I will do so I start to give him um you take away some of his privileges privilege and give incentives and, and 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 that started to work but it got even difficult when he got to 16 when he feels that he it's time for him to think on his own do what he feels to do and not all of what I want him to do and so he'd want to tell me what he's doing and not ask me and so at that point in time i don't do much talking because when he tells me i started to treat him like an adult so if him go ahead and do what him tell me after i give him my view on and what i think about what he's telling me then the discipline will come by the way in which i handle the present situation however with um my girls now who are the teenagers they are very outspoken and they are lippy <laughs> so they are not afraid to speak up and i i was determined to for, because of things that i've been through when i was a teenager i always start to mark myself and the way in which i want to steer 
my children so that some of the things that happened to me as a teenager never happened. So I sort of give room for the lippiness in terms of I allow them to speak freely. Of course, there are some times that you have to draw them up and say, so who are you talking to? So just, just, just to kind of clarify here for, for our overseas listeners, okay. we have some international listeners. So by lippiness, when we say that they're lippy and that you give them room to be lippy, mm-hmm. you are speaking of... So for example, you are having a conversation with them or you give them an instruction mm-hmm. and they always have something to say. Always have something right. to say. Right. So some persons call it back talking. Yes, but I listen. And so on. I, but, I, but you listen yes, when they are doing that. I listen. And, and so for one of them, Ramona is a little more um, on the fiery end. So her... Her lippiness cannot come off to be an argument, but I, I always try not to focus on how... The method, you're right. focusing on the content of what right, she's of saying. what she's saying. Because Very good. If, you, if you follow her, you, you just slap back her <laughs> left, right, and center <laughs> because of how she is. And so, the same challenges I had with my son were... At this stage for Ramona, she wants to do everything the friends is doing, and then she will tell you when I said no. For instance, I will give you one an instance. They are planning for a school sport, and so a group of them wants to wear the fanny pack. What's that? Hold on, man. You'll get. I'll get to that. They want to wear the fanny pack, and so. What my, me and my husband do, because we know the trend and the new style of talking and the whole this and, and taking on a lot of these things and they don't know where the origin of things come from, we always tend to research things. When we hear them say something, if we're not sure ourselves, we'll Google it, we'll ask questions and then we'll come back and have a conversation with them. And so I remember this funny pack story from my days. And so I said to her, why, why funny pack? Because the money for funny part, there are some smaller bags that you can just put on and it, no, just for, for, for fashion. And she said, that's what everybody's wearing and that's what everybody and everybody's story. So we drove back road um, one night because I got the information that the funny part came out of the, the prostitution thing. That they used the funny part to have there to push their money in when they do their thing so we drove and then we're driving past and there was one it's just it just happened like clockwork there was one of those prostitutes around here with the fanny pack on and no clothes and Roma was like mommy that is what i want and i said yes that is what you want and she said me say you're sure she was she Avan? and she said yes mommy and me say ramona that's weird. That's the origin of funny pack. Yeah. Oh! Oh my God, I'm going to tell everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a light bulb moment. So these, no, for me, I, I deal with different with the girls because of all they are. No, Omar never used to talk much. So um, for them, them just real off. So you have to show them. And, and, and I also believe that if some of the things is, some of the things that they will leap off to is what, what they see you do. They question everything and they don't miss anything. And so I have to be very careful about what I do, what I say. And if I'm 
If I'm running a joke about it, I better say it because they are coming back at me. Mommy, but you said this. And this is what you did. And so, um, at this stage in, 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 in their life, it's important that what you do um, leads them, because I'm a Christian, so I am going to live a life so they will see. But wanting to do that and doing it is a total different story because when you're home and them get mad at you and you want to do some things and say some things, sometimes you have to say, I literally sometimes tell them, say, you know what is coming in my head? I am going to have to pray about it. And they will laugh and say, mommy, you know, easy, you know. But they only realize that this is true because of how they are behaving. So I try to, to watch my way of living and the way in which I treat them to, to, um, so they can follow. Right? And I, I know my girls, especially Britannia, she follows. And from a very early age, I realized that she's one of them who have me watching myself more because she, she will always say, Mommy, I want to be like you. And when she started saying that around about age nine, it really got me because then I, I, I had so many things that I would not want her to be me. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, I... I started to, what do you call it now, make amends or not to say fix, but ensure that what she wants to be is good. Okay. And what I appreciate about your story, Sister Novelet, is you spoke about your adult son first when he was a teenager and you would have learned some things from having to discipline him at that time. And now you have two daughters who are teenagers. And I get that you are prayerfully making adjustments to the way you parent. Mm -hmm. One, all your children are different. They have different personalities and they come with uniqueness and unique yeah, challenges with, their, with, the, with, with their, their own selves. And uh, you spoke about the fact that they are very out, outspoken and they will tell you what's on their mind mm -hmm. but rather than having an argument you listen mm -hmm. and i think that that is so important because a lot of teenagers do not feel as if they are listened to so they will seek anybody from anywhere who will listen to them and if we if we because some of us here know her daughters mm -hmm. and you would not see them and think oh they talk so much because they're not doing that mm -hmm. out in the public per se because they have a space a safe space at home where they can express themselves and know that they are heard kind of thing and i think that that is that is very very important um, um mark you they will always i believe that they will they, they will always think at points that you're not listening. But what we usually do, and, and I, 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 I must say I thank my husband for, for it because a lot of the newer strategies that I have now, he, he helps to, to put those in place where even when you're talking, they think that you're talking with them and they're saying a lot of things. 
they think you're not listening because they're, they're saying but mommy and and but you're not listening because and you're trying to make your point but when it comes down to it and you have to say but well, this is what you have explained listen this is what you're explaining and whatever they will say oh and that's a communication strategy mm -hmm. because you listen and then mm -hmm. you repeat back mm -hmm. to say is this I what I'm hearing? Mm -hmm. This is what I heard. Is this what you're trying to say? Right. Kind of thing. And that, again, is so important mm -hmm. for parents to understand. Learning how to communicate. And in doing that as a parent, you are teaching them mm -hmm. how to communicate. So later on, when they are now looking to get married or being a part of relationships and even in the workplace, they would have been so trained in the art of communication, knowing that I should listen when persons speak and, and that kind of thing, and it really begins in the home. All right, thank you. Who is going next? One of the fathers? <laughs> and we're talking about the different ways in which you disciplined your teenagers. Okay. Um, with me now, because of my circumstances, not being a part of the household of my children, it kind of limits the extent to which I can discipline my children. Plus the fact that their mother and I, we unfortunately we don't have a speaking relationship. And you know, qu quite often discipline should be um, something discussed and mutually agreed between parents. So um, whenever they do things and I see the need to discipline them, I don't have the support so um, in, in the cases that I can apply discipline you know, is when they ask me for things that are not totally necessary. I can say, ah, if you want that, then you need to do, do, uh, you know, yes. have some brushing up in so-and-so area and consistently do it and impress me for a while yes. and then you can get it. Okay. Other than that, I don't really have this space to, mm -hmm. to apply discipline. So what I have to do is um, when I see the need to discipline and I can't do it, I just have to pray and ask the Lord to, to open their mother's mind. eyes, show it to her, mm -hmm. open the teacher's eyes, anybody who in a, a position of power to apply discipline to them to, to do it. Okay. No, it's a mother's turn. Well, well. <laughs> yes, Mrs. Bailey. As Sister Lovelet said, it's really important to listen. And one of my daughters always say, not because I'm the youngest one in this house, I can't talk. And, you know, it brings you, <laughs> it brings you to, the, to, to, to the realization that they too have a view, right? And sometimes when you listen to them, you recognize that probably what you thought you saw was not what was there. I don't know if you understand me. You yes. think you see this, but after their explanation is not that. That was not what they meant. So it's really important to listen. And I also think that it is important for them to to, to, to state their view, I think that parents should come together and cause their children to help you to make decisions. So you don't always say, well, as some say, and as so it have to go, 
right? Have them come and say, listen, I don't want you to walk down that road because X, Y, and Z. And let them come up. You might not agree at the end of what they are saying and they might still have to do what you tell them to do. But at least they had an input. They might say, well, mommy, I walked down that road because it's easier for me to jump over the gully mode and cross the road, whatever, right? But we need to listen, right? And um, for me, discipline, as I was saying before, is not calling and thumping. You thump against your ears or pinch or whatever. One mother tell me that she used to pinch, right? It can be, it can be punishment in other ways taking away things they enjoy, not allowing them to do things that they love to do, all of these. And I can tell you that sometimes these things hurt more than the beating, more than the hitting. Some children has gotten so used to the hitting that them don't really care. It doesn't mean anything to them anymore. I know of an instance where when they're picking a bad, she just go for the strap and after she don't tell her mother, she say, here is a strap, <laughs> right? And it, it, it doesn't really matter. What we need to do is to talk to our children, let them understand where you are going and you try to understand where they want to go. And at that point, you can guide them mm -hmm. and bring them in the way that you, by God's help, want them to go. Right. Uh, I, I guess in, in my instance, nobody gave me the right manual. Because yeah. before they were teenagers, it was simply two slaps and that was it. And the fear, the look that would go like, what? Everybody would fall in line. Um, I guess one thing that, that Nablet spoke about is, is important is that you need two parents. Because when I was when I was going to hit the roof, this Andrea said that not gonna work. When the mother intervenes. And there's a lot of times that as teenagers there are things that they will discuss with me that they're not going to discuss with holier than our mommy. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> holier than our mommy not when you listen to this. Holier than our mommy going to make a judgment right now. That can't work! <laughs> and daddy will go, eh? Mm. You know, so that it, it's still not going to work with me, do it. <laughs> but you, I get that here. And there are things that they'll go to mommy with that daddy will never know. And then the discipline, the, the discipline that, that, that happens when we are at, at the teenage stage with my kids was like, Seriously? You don't feel bad? <laughs> <laughs> there was no need to hit them. They feel bad already. There was no need to quarrel with them. You know what is the worst thing that can happen to them? When their mother reminds them, hmm, you remember so and so and so? And then they come to me and say, she won't let it go. Then don't do it again, you know? Oh, so you're saying you're saying that you between your wife and uh, and, and yourself you 
you compliment each other, but I hear a little guilt trip going on there. Mm-hmm. The, the, <laughs> the mother runs a guilt trip and, and you just kind of have a conversation to say, you, you should really feel bad about this. No, no. And you leave it at that, that. I don't say you shouldn't feel bad about it, you know. I'm saying, you know, that, you know, eventually I will have to tell the mother. Okay. So, prepare for the consequences. Okay, so in the teenage stage, mommy assumed more of the discipline, discipline, discipline but earlier you would have done it, pre-teen, pre-teen stage. It was corporal punishment, to tell the truth, but but in the teenage years, Okay. Angela has a way to talk it through Mm. and tell them, in fact, when they burst, if they burst it on me, I would just go, that not work, you know, can't work, and you should feel bad about this, you know, and, you know, I would go like, what do you think should be a punishment like, you know, and then, you know, you're going to have to tell your mother, so. <laughs> so your, mo- your wife had all the methods, because she, your she method had, wasn't working mm, anymore. She had, she had <laughs> techniques. That, she had. And her techniques, my, the, 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 that look that I would have and everything would stop. Nobody no nobody not afraid of me anymore. Because all you're doing is looking. Mm. Yeah, they kinda get they kinda got used to the fact that you're going to look and that's that's it. That's it. You can't have any conversation with me. Right. You're just going to go to your mother, your mother going to deal with your case. <laughs> okay. Alright. And, and what I like about the the group of parents here is uh, that so sister novelette for example mrs barnes you have a blended family situation yes. mm-hmm. and uh, well i think our viewers would probably understand what blended means but your husband mm-hmm. fathers two of the children that you have mm-hmm. and you have more than two children and then for mrs bailey and mr brown here lincoln brown you both have a nuclear family situation right. you have your spouse and you you raise your children in that and then for andrew brown in his case he became separated from his wife and they are now divorced and the children are still with their yeah. mom yes. and so you know he is navigating through that situation you know as we speak and I, and I, one of the things that I'm picking up, which I'd want to emphasize to parents who are listening, that discipline, when, we, when, when, when children are disciplined within the context of relationship, the discipline is more effective. Yes, it is. And that relationship is built through the listening and communicating and understanding that teenagers have a viewpoint. Mm-hmm. They have something to say. They are people. Because I find that... A lot of parents think that teenagers should not have anything to say. They don't have anything to say or what they have to say doesn't matter. And so they are constantly shut down, cut off, and then we want to apply discipline when they go wrong. But we're not communicating. communicating. Right? And I I want to kind of emphasize that. That within the context of relationship, and it, 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 it goes without saying in any area. Mm-hmm. If I'm a teacher in the classroom and I seek to build relationship with my students, mm-hmm. when I have to discipline them, it is more effective mm-hmm. because they understand that 
I have their best interest at heart mm-hmm. and that I'm doing this because I care for them and I care about their future and that kind of thing. And so you, you in a way, there is less resistance, so to speak, or less rebellion mm-hmm. when there is a relationship within which we are doing the discipline. So I really appreciate the methods and I hear things like taking away the privileges, but I realize one of the main thing is having that conversation. conversation. You know, mm-hmm. Brother Lincoln spoke about the fact that his wife, when they became teenagers, she had a way of talking through the thing. Mm-hmm. And so they, they kind of come in line thereafter. And that is very, very key. Maybe if more of our parents would seek to have a conversation yeah. with the teenagers, yes. you know, disciplining them will not be... will, will Not that it won't be challenging, it will mm-hmm. be less yes. challenging, mm-hmm. right? Because we know that they all have different personalities and we just have to find a way. But whatever method we are using, ensure that in the long run, or even short, we are thinking... I'm building them up. I'm building character. I am adding to their life. I am training you for righteousness. Mm -hmm. Those are the things we should be talking about rather than tearing them down because that's not what we want to do. And so when we have that framework, we're not speaking down to them. We're not speaking negatively. We're not calling them negative names, you know, that will be forever etched Mm -hmm. in their minds because we want to build them up. And just to add on that, um, Rev, mm-hmm. the fact that we don't allow them to, to speak. Have you ever seen, I have thought about it ever so often, we are disciplining our children and they are not allowed to say why they did what they did. Yeah. Right? Because we, boom, but mommy will shut up. Don't say anything. Boom. And they're hitting you and you're not to say anything. And if they hit you and you don't say anything, they meet you some more and say, you turn man for me. You now feel it. I mean, how should our children react? You know, in, in this is when they come to the point where they just don't care because you're not going to listen to me. And even though I might be right, right, you're not stopping long enough to say, well, you know, you're right or anything. For some of us, our children can never be right. Mm-hmm. We don't listen. They can never be right. So if Miss Jane come and say that she saw your child eating off the mango, right? As soon as he comes in or she comes in, is whoop whoop by eating off the mango, right? And the child cannot get a chance to say I wasn't eating off the mango. It was a dog I was throwing the stone at or anything like yes. that. And so, and so the child is constantly wrong, right? And it's mm. constantly being beaten. To me, it comes in like, you know, when you are imprisoned for something you never did, right? And it takes years before they recognize that you mm-hmm. were not guilty. And so your entire um, thing is damaged. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you said, you know, Sister Lambert, you know, because it, it wasn't in the script, but it's a serious thing, you know. Oh, you tell a child you're sorry. 
that that is one of our problems <laughs> how do you too. Know, how do you tell a child? That is I'm one sorry. of our problems too. We think mm. that because we are adults, we cannot it's go fine, wrong. It's fine. It's fine. We think that because we are adults, you know, we cannot go wrong. Right? Not, and we refuse to tell our children that we don't know. You know, a child may come to you with a certain problem and you refuse to say, I don't know, because you think that as a parent you should know everything. And that is not so. Nowadays, my children know more than me. Right? And even in school, when my children were in school, if they come to me with a problem, I am not going to say, yes, I know it and do. If I don't know it, I'm going to call somebody who is good in that area and stuff like that. But parents nowadays just think that they should know everything. And so the children are not fed properly. If you understand what I'm saying. Well, what I'm talking to say to my children is that you are supposed to practice good behavior from home. I say to them, if I get a complaint about you and the complaint is consistent with what I see at home and I can't prove who is right and who is wrong, I'm going to assume that you're wrong because what you are being accused of, I see it happen at home. So if you want me to always back you, at least behave at home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I had a, there was one circumstance that I remember, you know, that this Andre beat up this little boy at school and the parents were saying I should pay for the medical bills and I said, so I asked the teacher what happened. And Andre said to the guy, the, the man just pressed up me, pressed on me, pressed on me, and daddy I said, I mustn't get into no fight, so I love him. But you tell me, say, if I get in a fight, I must not lose. <laughs> <laughs> so I meet a little boy. Okay. So how could I punish him? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then, when he does something and I'm going to punish him, I found out that I was wrong. It's still tough to tell him, son, I'm sorry. It gets easier as time goes by to say, Son, I'm sorry, or Janelle, I'm sorry, I didn't know. And sometimes I think it's it's not not only is it difficult for parents, but in general in our relationships too, it might be a challenge because of the pride aspect uh, of us as humans. We find it challenging to apologize when we would have been wrong. Yes. In certain situations. And I really appreciate the explanation just now about giving children a a, a space for them to talk about why they did what they did. Mm -hmm. Because I I really, a situation, I became aware of a parent who consistently complained that her son was stealing. And he was just stealing. And she's saying she cannot manage him and she took him to the authorities to say help me with this boy because i can't manage him and so on and when they when when the matter was investigated 
the child was one stealing from her and uh, stealing from her the mother mm-hmm. and from other persons what was he stealing he was stealing food why because he was hungry. hungry why when the mother bought groceries for maybe a week or whatever the time frame is the mother would say to him the mother locks it up in a cabinet area mm-hmm. with a padlock and say to him you are not to touch this during the day while I'm away mm-hmm. at work or whatever the case might be. She has left no breakfast or anything mm-hmm. and she's trying for the this the grocery to last longer than it can. So the child is home and hungry. So he very craftily <laughs> found a way to go inside the cabinet to eat out the biscuits and, and other things that were there. And she was complaining and abusing this young child, this boy, because of that. Now, when the matter came to the authorities, she was the one who was in trouble, mm-hmm. of course, because that is just totally an impractical, unhealthy situation and abusive, mm-hmm. if you ask me. But I'm saying that to say it is a fact that sometimes parents contribute mm-hmm. to... Yes some of the behaviors that the teenagers or the children yes. would do mm-hmm. parents have a certain responsibility to their children and if we if, if parents neglect that responsibility then the, the children are gonna find ways and means to to survive you know and so that too is is very very key so i take the point and and you know it's an important one for parents to really consider yes all right the I, let me just ask the final question. How can parents affirm their children so that they feel loved and have a healthy view of themselves? What are some of the ways that parents can really just affirm their children? In, in considering that, I, I, I'm just thinking, it is just a segue to the communication process. Mm. If you look for fault, you will find it. I try to celebrate every achievement. A- achievement. Don't care how small. You you you, you got up. You got you came first in the class. You get ninety percent. Okay, you came first. Well, no matter ninety percent is a lot. You know you you did well at school today. You did a good deed. You celebrated every little thing that seems like an achievement I celebrate it with them every opportunity I get mm-hmm. but I said let's we'll stop at Kentucky or we're going to stop at Burger King we're going to stop and eat something nice because you did well today this is small little achievements mm-hmm. they don't remember the Kentucky you know, they remember the celebration and you affirm that you're doing a good thing and that I really love you because I was carrying you out, you know? And with Janelle, after a while, it was like a date evening. Janelle would say, Daddy, when we're going to go on a date because of something that, you know, she achieved. And I said, Great job. I said, We need to go on a date and go eat our food. And we'd go, you know? So those are the ways that, as teenagers, I would, you know, just celebrate the small stuff. 
Okay, and you. As a way for a big thing. Okay, so the small things, and you did that celebration by taking them out, having a nice meal together, just kind of giving them that kind of affirmation with your words and your actions and so on. For me, genuine relationship matters. Yes. You know, give your child space that the child can come to you even when he or she has done the worst thing and realize that you won't trample on them, won't trample them down. And you're talking about celebrating the small things. There are times when they don't do well. But instead of saying, look how much money I spend for you, you only get whatever, you know, call them and say, you know, this wasn't bad, but then you know you could do a little better with spending a little more time and, and stuff. Let them know that you care for them as an individual mm -hmm. and not for what they are achieving. When they understand that you care for them as an individual, they will want to please you, right? And so they will go the extra mile to achieve, you know, the good things, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, that's, that's a really good thing to get them. Let, let them become free to come and tell you that, you know, that I still uncle, whatever, you know, thing today. And then stealing is wrong and you're going to let them know that stealing is wrong. Yeah. But don't go call them, you're all thief, you and you will know say you're that thief Words or whatever. You know, try to awful. show them that they are wrong. But you love them because they are yours. What are you going to do? Right? Mm -hmm. And I think that these are some of the ways to, to affirm them. I believe that when a child knows that he belongs, knows that mommy and daddy loves me, right? He is going to try to do his utmost to please mommy and daddy. All right. Very good. We're almost out of time. so um, I, I think parents also should try and understand their children's modes and behavior mm. because there is going to be a time yes. when something happens and they might not want to come to you and if you can pick up these little things based on their you know behavior mm -hmm. uh, etc mm -hmm. and you know make some inquiry of them as to what is happening try and you know put it to them in such a way that they might feel comfortable to ultimately come out and open up with you and you can guide him accordingly. Right, so well, I, 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 I agree with you. Um, every child has a different love language and so I look at my child and I, Brittany who is not at home but she only comes on a weekend. When I see her coming in whether at church through the door I observe her to see how she is and then as soon as I get a chance I will find out what is wrong or I know that she's fine. Ramona's a total different story. Ramona does want to play, so if you ramp with Ramona, that's, that's Ramona. She's just a playful girl. So when you're not ramp with her, she feel like you're stiff runner. So sometimes you have to give her some ramp time to show her some love. That's how she communicates. But the babies, as long as you hold them and kiss them, and yeah, man, they just come feet over and over and mm. over and over. So all children have a different love language and you have to learn it. Yes. Alright, and with that said, a different love language and that is so important and what I'm getting from you parents is knowing who your child is, paying attention to their uniqueness, 
as God has designed them, created them, and then you celebrate those little things. Not just the things, but the person, because they are persons too. So thank you so much, parents, for sharing with us in part six of the Let's Be Real series. And we just want to say to our parents who are listening that it is important to have relationship build on the relationship with your child and i think that that is the resounding thing here today in this discussion that discipline is less challenging in the context of relationship they must have a safe safe space at home where they can come and speak whether they have done wrong or they have done right they know that they will always be loved and affirmed Thank you so much and we will continue the series next time here on Rev TC Views.